Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. This is Big Wednesday. Um, We normally do First Wednesday. Yeah, there's that. Uh, We normally do First Wednesdays, um, but because it was so early in the month, we decided to do it towards the middle of the month, now end of the month. And uh, we're so glad you're here, man. Thank you so, so much. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. A couple of things real quickly. First of all, can we give God some praise for six people getting baptized on Sunday? Come on, yeah? Amen. Our, our life groups, which are what we call small groups, they're, they're, they've just begun. Uh, if you're not in on that yet, you can go to our website, lifepointsa.com, and jump in on that. We've got all sorts of groups, including uh, young adults groups that are starting. And February the 1st, uh, which is a Monday night, um, our young adults will be gathering right here, uh, right over there. We got a cool uh, coffee truck. The coffee's free, by the way, young adults. It's going to be awesome. They're going to be here serving you guys up. We're going to have a, a gathering of young adults, and we love, love, love for you um, to check that out. And then for all the folks who are married or who are going to get married or who want to get married someday, we got a little conference coming up called the EXO Conference. This is a, a nationwide conference, and we are simulcasting it right here for our church family and any of your guests that you want to bring. Uh, February 12th and 13th, guys like Jimmy Evans. Uh, Jimmy uh, Evans is one of the great communicators on marriage. Uh, We used his resources around here so much. And we'd love for you to check that out. You can go to our website and sign up for that, I think, by February the 7th. Um, But we'd love for you to do that. And uh, it'll be awesome. So um, thank you again for being here. Um, Normally on first Wednesdays, there's a lot of music, which we had. And then there's a short message. And then we go home. Uh, and we have a food truck. Um, tonight I'm going to preach a little bit longer than what's normal on a first Wednesday, but I, I hope and pray that it's going to bless you. We started on the very first Sunday of the year this kind of hit or miss ser- sermon series that we're calling One Word. It's just going to pop up here and there. Most of our series last four or five weeks. This one's just going to bounce around. And tonight, my, my, somebody's calling me on my iPad. I forgot, to, uh, I forgot to go ahead and hit that airplane. There we go. <laughs> Hello. You know, what if I just... Could y'all hang on just for a minute? It's probably important. Um, so tonight my, my one word is healing. I don't know if you notice a theme through our music tonight. I want to talk about the fact that our God is a healer. And we believe here fundamentally that he is still performing uh, all sorts of miracles in our day. But if we want to see the miracles in our lives, uh, we have to believe that he is still the way maker. Like he wasn't just the way maker back in the day. He's still the way maker, the miracle worker, that God is still doing miraculous things. And I believe he can and I believe he will for for people in this church, just like you and and me. But it's interesting in our kind of modern Christianity how we're like, yeah, I I believe, but mm, I'm kind of skeptical. I'm not sure if that still happens. And I wonder why it's so hard uh, to believe that the same God uh, who healed the sick and raised the dead and unstopped deaf ears and cleansed the leper and raised up the man disabled from his birth uh, could still be in the same business today. Why is it hard for us to imagine that he might still do those things today? Why do we struggle to believe that? And so what I'm saying is, and and by the way, we just as a church, if you're a guest here tonight, by the way, thank you for being with us. If this is your first time, um, you picked a good one. I think, I think you picked a good one because we got a good food truck. If nothing else, we had a good food truck. The tacos are awesome. Um, 
But, but, but what I'm saying, we're coming on the heels of 21 days of prayer and fasting. We just finished on Sunday. A lot of you joined with us on this. And so we're, our expectations for what God can do and will do is high. It's just really high. I'm not going to lie. It's really high. And, and what I'm saying is maybe if, if we struggle with this, maybe it's time for us to redefine our faith and redefine our spiritual expectations to the point that when things that we can't explain happen, rather than trying to find plausible explanations for them, we just go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for doing that. What, what if that was our response instead of going, I don't know how that happened, but, you know, this coincidence, it was karma. No, no, no. It was the miracle working power of Jesus. Amen. We believe that with God all things are possible, but here's the caveat. You have to believe that. You have to believe that. Like, like in, in, in Mark chapter 6, we're told that Jesus could only do very few miracles in his own hometown because, the Bible says, of, of, of the people's lack of faith. They didn't, they didn't believe in him. Elsewhere, Jesus would say, hey, listen, here's the caveat. Um, if you're going to come and bring your petition to me, he said, according to your faith, be it done to you. Like if you don't have faith, it might not happen is what he was saying. Although Jesus can perform miracles where there is inadequate faith. We saw this when he raises the 12-year-old girl back from the dead. The people are laughing at him. He does it anyway. Most of the miracles that Jesus does in his earthly ministry are coming uh, through the faith of the petitioner, the person who's asking. As the author of Hebrews says, without faith it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. We will not see miracles if we don't believe. We will not see miracles if we don't pray and ask God to move. William Temple, this Anglican priest from way back in the day, he said, when I pray, coincidences happen. And he says, when I stop praying, coincidences stop happening. That's awesome, man. That's what, I'm, that's what it's about, man. So let's take a few minutes just to talk about the miracles of healing. Now, if you read the Bible, you'll find that it is filled with promises, right? Promises. Some of the promises were for a specific group or a specific time, but most of the promises there that are there are for people who believe in Jesus, for people who follow Jesus. And when we think about the miracles of the Bible, we often just think about the New Testament. But Old Testament, the miracles happen there as well. But, but here's what I love about the Old Testament, is that there were incredible promises made to us all throughout the Old Testament. I, I want to show you one here in our brief time tonight. This is Isaiah uh, normally I would read this from the NIV. Normally I preach from the NIV, uh, sometimes the ESV. But this one I want to take you to, to a paraphrase called the message because I love the way he phrases it. it. It says, this is a famous passage of text about the coming Messiah. It says, one look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum, but the fact is it was our pains he carried our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. He was carrying all that. We, we thought he brought it on himself. Look at the next part. That God was punishing him for his own failures, but it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment, and that, that made us, would you say this with me right here? That made us whole. Through his bruises, bruises, yeah, that's a new way of saying that. Through his bruises, we get healed. 
right? We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all our sins, everything we've ever done wrong on him, on him, on Jesus. So this is the promise here. Other translations say, by his stripes we are healed. Because of the wounds placed on Jesus, not only does he deal with the penalty of our sins, but he also deals with what ails us, with our sicknesses. That's a promise of scripture of this one is that we can lay hold on, that we can grab hold of and, 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 and pray about. And, and it's just an old, it's not just an Old Testament promise because um, Peter would come along much later and say the same thing. He would say this, he himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. This is talking about what Jesus did on the cross. And then this next part, by his wounds, you, would you say this, have been healed. Wow. So then Jesus comes along and, and, and we read about him in the gospels and we see him actually start to do what Isaiah prophesied amongst others and what Peter was talking about. Uh, and, 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 he, and he's starting to fulfill the promises that were made before, hundreds of years before in Isaiah's case. And I just want to show you one case. I could have showed you many where he does what Isaiah says. Look at this. This is Matthew. It says from there, he's just called some disciples, Peter, James, and John, uh, and Andrew. He's just called them. For, for there he went, from there he went all over Galilee. He used synagogues, which were these local temple-like places where people would gather to worship, for, for meeting places, and he, and he taught people the truth of God. God's kingdom was his theme, that beginning right now. They were under God's government, and, and it was a, what kind of government? A good Government. Je Jesus comes to earth. I'm going to keep reading this in just a second. He comes to earth and he's ushering in the kingdom of heaven. This is his central theme of his sermons. He's bringing in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He's bringing, just so you know, he's bringing up there, down here. That's what it means, right? And, and you have to know this if you're going to believe that our God is still a miracle worker, that he's bringing up there, down here. The kingdom is wherever the king rules and reigns. Does that make sense, right? Wherever that is, that's where the king is. The kingdom is the effective range of God's will where what God wants to happen does happen. You with me so far? You're like, maybe. Just hang with me. Isaiah says that of the increase of his government, we're reading about his government here, of the increase of his government there shall be no. Do you know what it is? There shall be no end. Like, it's never going to stop. It hasn't stopped. What Jesus started here hasn't stopped. What Jesus started is ever unfolding because his kingdom, his government will never end. So now we're caught up a little bit. Then, then notice here, he also healed people of their diseases. And then look at this. This is absolutely incredible. And of the bad effects of their bad lives. Now, I want you to think about what this means. He healed people, of, he healed their diseases, but then he also healed people of things that had happened to them, listen, that were their own fault. Now, you gotta understand the grace of God because it's so magnificent. Meaning they had, they were, these people that he was healing on this day were only just reaping some bad things that they themselves had sown with bad living, right? Think about that. This is huge because some of us, 
have believed a lie. And sometimes it's a religious lie that says if you're not good enough, God won't love you or God won't forgive you or you have to get cleaned up to come to God. God won't do work on your behalf unless you are worthy of it. If you're suffering, if you're broken, if you're messed up, you're just reaping what you've sown and God won't respond to you, won't help you until you get everything right, until you have enough faith. What Jesus said, you just need a, you just need a, a grain of mustard seed faith. Like some people are like, hey, you didn't get healed because you didn't have enough faith. What? You just need this much. Come on, y'all seen mustard seeds? They're small. They taste nasty by themselves, man. They need to make mustard with them, and then they're pretty good. I can dip my chips in them. Mustard, that is. I don't know why I said any of that. Let me keep going. See, like, that's a lie, all of that stuff right here, because this is us not understanding the gospel of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 says it like this. This is part, by the way, of a great text. Do we have it? Yeah. Okay, I, I, can we skip that part? Because I, I got to go. All right. That, 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 that God, here's the text, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Like, like let me just tell you something. That's the best news you're going to hear today. And maybe it's important that we just start turning off the news and start tuning into the good news. That was, that was cheesy. So cheesy, so cheesy. L listen, back it up because I messed up. Back it up the text because I messed y'all up a minute ago. Jesus healed them one and all, all right? They, they came to him, they, they, they came to him from the bad effects of their lives and Jesus healed them one and all. All right, so moving right along. Now, now Jesus is demonstrating the fact that that God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against him. He's demonstrating that very notion here in Matthew's gospel. He's healing diseases and the bad effects of their bad lives. These people were reaping some things from bad decisions they'd made in their lives because the law of the harvest is always at work, and that is that you reap what you so, you can't change it. That's a fact. It's going to happen. That, that's a law. But here's another fact, that the grace of God, where sin does much, more, uh, does much abound, the Bible says, grace does much more abound, that the grace of God is always working for the good of people who love God. So, so when we read this text about him healing the bad effects, the shame associated with their bad decisions, the pain that resulted, the grief that resulted, the diseases that they picked up from their bad choices, the, 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 from the choices made while they were sowing their wild oats. And some of y'all know about wild oats. Come on, everybody. Even those he healed them, even those he came to clean up, not counting people's sins against them. And somebody needs to hear that tonight because you're living under a weight of shame and going, I'm just now reaping what I've sown. Yes, you reap what you sow, but Jesus can come and deal even with that. Because, because some, some of you are dealing with shame over what was done to you. And some of you are dealing with shame over what you did to you. And some of you are dealing with shame over what you did to somebody else. And the chatterbox of shame will tell you you're no good and you're not worthy and you're not good enough to experience the miraculous power of God in your life. And Jesus said that he came to heal diseases and the bad effects of the bad lives that they had lived. 
Come on, man. How, how good is that? Jesus is not counting your sins against you, and he's come to deal with the effects of the sins that you've committed and that I've committed in my life. So not just the penalty of sins, we all get that, which he dealt with on the cross, but the effects of sin when he took the stripes on his back. By his wounds you are healed from the effects, even the effects of the seeds that you've sown and just now are reaping. He's healing some of you here tonight with that right now. You don't have to live with the shame, with the guilt, with the pain, even if it was you who caused that in your life. That's the miracle of grace. Wow. Because we read here in Matthew's gospel that everywhere they were diseased, everywhere they were dis eased in their body, in their mind, in their spirits. Anybody with an ailment, it says he was setting them free. He was healing them. But notice this. Come back to this verse with me if you don't mind. People brought anybody with an ailment, whether it was mental, emotional, or physical. Jesus healed them one and what? All. Look at that. Whether mental, emotional, or physical, the, new, the NIV says these various kinds of illnesses, it says. So, so let's just talk about the physical for a minute. So he healed them emphysema and cancer and high blood pressure and kidney disease and heart disease and arthritis and broken bones and COVID-19 and pneumonia and stomach issues, whatever the physical ailment was, even if it were ca- was caused by my bad choice or yours, Jesus is healing those things. That's what we're seeing in the text. Emotional diseases of the soul, negative words that were spoken over you by a teacher or by a parent or, or whomever, shame, guilt, discouraged, hopeless, insecure, overwhelmed, putting up walls um, uh, to cause you to numb from your pain with alcohol or drugs or TV or food. Come on, that's mine. Porn, whatever it is. Whatever emotional ailments we may have, Jesus, we see him here healing those things. Wounds from physical or emotional abuse. Anything, listen now, anything and everything that distorts your view of who God is. Anything and everything that distorts your view of who you are. Things that attack your sense of self-worth that God created you with fundamentally the image of God, the Imago Dei that he put inside of you. Anything that has you thinking, maybe my life isn't worth living. Anything that has you considering ending your life. Jesus is healing those emotional wounds of the soul. Anything the enemy has lied to you about yourself that you've believed, Jesus is able to restore that now. The weapons may be formed, but they won't prosper against you. The kingdom of God that Jesus started, the good government where he began by healing people, that's still going on and you gotta believe that. You have to have faith in him for that. He healed them of mental illnesses as well. 
Come on, in our world that we live in right now, never before in human history has mental illness been such a big thing. And we're going to do a whole series on it in a couple of weeks, in a couple, about a month and a half. We're going to talk about it because it's real and we got to bring it up because Jesus can set us free of these things from fear and stress and anxiety and bipolar uh, and depression and PTSD and dementia and ADD, anything that attacks and distorts the mind, the sicknesses of the mind, your mental health. Your mental well-being, Jesus came and healed people of that. He can heal those things in Jesus' name. He came to this earth to set people free from all of them. He brought up there down here, and I'm praying over you, come on somebody, in the name of Jesus, that he will bring healing to your mind, to your body, and to your emotions. God is the great physician, and he hasn't closed up shop, somebody. He hasn't closed up shop. He hasn't closed up shop. But, it, but it's important as I finish to know how he heals. It's important to know how he heals. Three ways that we see in Jesus' ministry. Number one, he heals instantly, right? If you read the Gospel of Luke, you see evidence of this over and over again. There's a leper that comes to Jesus, and, and Jesus touches him and says, you're going to be made whole, and instantly he's made whole. And there's a man who's paralyzed, and his four friends cut a hole up in his roof. Come on, y'all don't need friends. You need friends that will cut holes in your roof, but you don't want the friends to come to your house and cut holes in your roof. Somebody else's house, right? Come on. And, and, and instantly, he not only healed him of his disease, but he forgave him of his sins right there in the moment, and he got in trouble for that. The woman who comes to him with the issue of blood touches the hem of, gar of his garment, and the Bible says instantly virtue went out of him and healed her. There, there was a, per a woman who was bent over in, in a house, and, 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 and it was a spiritual deformity that was happening in her life, and he says to her, woman, thou art loosed. Instantly she's healed. And our God is able to heal instantly today, right here, right now. I've seen him do it, y'all. I've seen him. Like people who are like, I don't know. About, like, like, like you can say that you, you don't believe, but I've seen it. Come on, I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. Often he would do this by touching them, by laying hands on them. We saw the apostles come behind him and do the same thing. He, they lay hands on them and they prayed the prayer of faith and they were healed. By the way, if you want to be prayed for tonight over in our growth track room, just over on the other side, there are people here who socially distance and at some point we're just going to be like mask up. We're going to lay hands on somebody. But tonight we're going we're gonna to try to we're gonna pray for you. If you want to be prayed for, that you can go back there at any point during the next few moments. You can go back there. There are people who have been praying for you, ready to, to pray for you. The, the second way he does it is incrementally. There's a blind man that comes to Jesus in Matthew and Mark eight, and, and and Jesus does this crazy thing with some mud on his eyes. And at first he doesn't see; he sees, but he doesn't see well. And then the second time he he heals him completely. It's incrementally two stages. There's ten lepers who come to Jesus, and 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 the Bible says he says go go your way. You've been made whole. And it says as they were going, the leprosy began to disappear. Do, do you remember the Old Testament? Naaman, this 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 powerful military guy, comes to the prophet and he wants to be healed. And the prophet doesn't even come out and talk to him. Says, "Go dip yourself seven times in the River Jordan." And the River Jordan was kind of nasty, y'all. It wasn't pretty. And the guy's like, "Can't we go to a different river?" And he's like, "No, go to that river." He doesn't want to do it, but eventually he does. But what if he stops on dip four or, or dip six? I've never said dip four or dip six before, but I like it. What, what if the Israelites stopped marching around Jericho on lap five? 
They don't receive a miracle because sometimes he heals incrementally. Some of you are praying for healing or for a miracle, but you're just now on dip number four. Dip again. Don't stop. Come on, don't stop. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep knocking. Don't stop asking. Just because you don't get your prayer answered right away, Here's the, here's the point Jesus tells in, in, in Luke chapter 18. He tells them a parable, and he starts it like this. I don't have it here. It says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that sh- they should always pray and not give up. And he tells about a widow woman who keeps knocking on this guy's door, and the guy's like, come on, go away. And she just keeps knocking because G- Jesus tells this story because he knows that we'll be tempted to give up on lap five on lap six, on dip four, on dip five. And, and so he finishes this story with these verses. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. So he's like, until you ask until it feels like you're a seeker, and you seek until it feels like you're just banging on the door. Don't give up. Don't stop knocking. Don't, don't, don't stop believing. Come on, journey people in the house. Hold on to your feeling, street lights. Okay, anyways, I'm from the 80s, y'all, man. I, I could work a journey song into any biblical text there is. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He says, verse 10, for everyone, everybody say, that's me. Y'all didn't, everybody say, that's me. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be open. These verses are coming on the heels of There's a widow woman who just kept going, who just kept going, who just kept going. Now, the third thing, the way he does it is he does it differently. He does it instantly sometimes. He does it incrementally. And last one, he does it differently. Jesus prayed a prayer in the garden one time. Do you remember this? In In the garden of Gethsemane. And he didn't actually get what he was praying for. Jesus didn't get what he was praying for. He's like... God, if it's possible, Father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me. And God could have answered his prayer in one moment and taken it away, but he didn't. And what was Jesus' response? Nevertheless, not, not my will, but your will be done. Question, did God fail Jesus when he didn't let the cup of pass from him? Did he fail him? No, because God used the cross to make the miracle of all miracles possible, the miracle of salvation. Jesus became the miracle. Sometimes when God doesn't give you the answer to your prayer, the miracle that you're asking for, or he gives you something different than what you prayed about, sometimes he is making you the miracle. He'll make seemingly out of a bad situation, he'll make the miracle. Like, like in times in my life where I thought, please, God, don't let this happen. Please, God, take me through this. And he didn't. And I thought, God, you didn't hear me. You forgot me. And I was disappointed. And then weeks and months later, I realized, I realized, I realized, wait a minute. I see why he didn't answer that prayer. If he had answered that prayer when I asked him to, that would have been the worst possible outcome. Here's what I want to guarantee you. If you pray persistently, God will do something. And sometimes he'll even do the very thing that you're asking, but he might not do it on your timetable. And he might do it totally different than the way you thought he might. But when he does it, sometime later with the benefit of hindsight, you're going to go, wow. That's unbelievable what he did. Would you look 
what God did. I thought he forgot me. I thought he must have gotten it wrong when he didn't heal this or do that. But now I can see that he was working all along. So keep knocking until you have to stop. That God isn't deafened by your persistent prayer. That he will do something because Jesus said it. Ask. You will receive. Seek. Knock. A door isn't open. And oftentimes the miracle God does work in those situations is not something that he does for us. Sometimes it's what he does in us. In every season where I felt like giving up on a miracle I was praying for, I would look back and I would realize that through it all, he was right there with me the entire time teaching me, strengthening me, equipping me, walking me through it, making me better, making me stronger, teaching me to have compassion, teaching me about patience, teaching me how to rely on him. So, so even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop working. Come on, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Come on, somebody. Can we sing that song again? I don't know how we're going to get the TV out of the way. Maybe y'all just have to work about it. Would you guys stand with me one more time? If you want to receive prayer tonight, listen, you can come around the front and just kind of hang out. You can go out in the lobby and hang out. In a minute, we'll dismiss you. Those of you who want to hang out some more and get prayed for or pray or worship, it's all yours. And then you can go eat some tacos. Amen, somebody. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Come on, let's give it up. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.